the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. Monday, May 9th, 2022. No doubt many of you are familiar with the idea of the lone or designated survivor in politics. Maybe some of you have seen the series with Kiefer Sutherland. The concept is that to maintain continuity of government in a crisis or attack, Certain members of the federal government are put into isolation or hiding in case the operations and management of the country is left to them, the crisis or attack having taken out their superiors or other governmental principles. This was a big conversation just after 9-11 for obvious reasons. And for as far back as I can recall, every State of the Union address keeps one cabinet member at random in isolation, away from the Capitol, in case the Capitol is taken out with the president, vice president, speaker of the House, etc. That's what triggers a continuity of government protocol and an isolation of a member of government, both prophylactically and kinetically. Crisis, war, terrorist attack. Whoever thought it would be due to the normal operations of government that would trigger such a thing, and whoever thought it would require the specific isolating of that member of government and putting him into hiding just for doing his constitutional duty, not so that others will be safe if he's taken out, but to make him safe in case he's taken out. I give you Samuel Alito. Now, it, is, it obviously was a huge deal when governmental operations at the House of Representatives were stopped and several members thought and felt they should be in fear one day, two Januarys ago. That imbroglio lasted about eight hours on the outside, and everyone returned to work that evening. Today, we still hear about it, are still somehow held responsible for it, and people are sitting in jails and prisons for it. Prior to that, a whole series of violent riots shook our country from Oakland and Seattle to Baltimore and Washington, D.C., Democrats were calling those riots in which 30 people were killed and federal courthouses were firebombed for days on end. Democrats were calling those mostly peaceful. When they were not doing that, they were encouraging more of it, as Kamala Harris did, saying these protests should not stop and will not stop while she was helping to raise bail money for those that were detained. Query that no one seemed to ask at the time, if a protest was lawful, why would anyone need bail money. In other words, why would they be arrested and detained? In any event, when those rioters went on a riot in Baltimore, police needing to abandon and evacuate the area, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, was asked about this and said, quote, people will do what people will do, close quote. This was just about a year before January 6, just as the riots throughout the country were. And just prior to that, same year, Abortion rights advocates staged a protest in front of the Supreme Court where the Democratic Party majority leader in the Senate screamed to the protesters, I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. Fewer statements could be more inciting to violence. 
Compare and contrast that, which was the perceived inargument from Donald Trump on January 6th, where he said he knew protesters were going to the Capitol, quote, to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard, close quote. The following year, last year, when U.S. Senator Kirsten Sinema was chased from her law school class into a restroom where she was followed in, the president of the United States, now a Democrat, was asked about it, and he said, quote, it's part of the process. And it happens to everyone, close quote. One calls for peaceful and patriotic demonstration and gets impeached. The other calls for actual violence and gets to maintain his leadership position. And now, after a Supreme Court justice's confidential draft opinion is leaked and circulated, the justice's homes, families and lives have been put into danger as the left disseminated their home addresses. And Sam Alito is now in federal protection in hiding. I remarked earlier, usually the designated survivor is the one kept isolated should others be harmed. But federal law recognized in the wake of John Kennedy's assassination that federal officials should be protected by the law with their own specified anti-homicide statutes. And here, with violence excused, countenanced, encouraged and supported, we have a Supreme Court justice in that very hiding. The threat to his and Brett Kavanaugh's and Amy Comey Barrett's, John Roberts and Neil Gorsuch's life, it's not coming from the right. And for as much as Donald Trump was blamed for not denouncing the January 6th melee more strongly and more quickly, took him a few hours, Joe Biden said nothing for days about these breaches of the peace and threats to the justices at their homes. This morning, Jen Psaki issued a statement online, backtracking her excusing it last week. What says it about a movement that cannot accept democratic processes? It should not go without a special remark that the leaked decision in Dobbs is a decision, if it stands, that would expand, not curtail democracy. It would take a vote from nine people and, giving, and give it to about 7,500 people. On an issue that there is zero national consensus on and an issue the morality of civil rights foundations is highly debatable upon, the claimed rights of women wanting to end a growing life that they carry versus the growing life that has no voice. But democracy in such a divisive arena is not what the left wants. They want fiat and they lie to achieve it. Elizabeth Warren and others have been screaming, literally screaming, that it would be over their dead bodies that this country go back to a time before Roe. What they will not tell you is that some states may go well beyond where they are now in protecting a woman's right to choose. What they will not tell you is that before Roe, two-thirds of the population in the United States lived in or within 100 miles of legal abortion services. What they will not tell you is that if this decision stands, none of the states with the loudest screamers will see anything but an expansion of abortion rights. Think about it, please. Massachusetts, California, New York, New Jersey, they have some of the most liberal abortion laws in the country, and Sam Alito's draft opinion doesn't touch them. In fact, it allows those states to become more liberal in their policies if wanted, as I said. Who would know that from reading the news or listening to the Democrats? But it is the abiding of the law and the democratic process that is not at discount here. It's been totally cashiered by the left. Don't like a Supreme Court opinion? Engage in violent threats, intimidation, and fear of life. 
Of course, eight hours on January 6th was the end of democracy, or at least democracy stopped that day. A draft ruling from the Supreme Court that, to borrow Abraham Lincoln's words, makes common cause for a common object, casting no reproaches upon any, acts not the Pharisee, the change it contemplates would come gently as the dews of heaven not rending or wrecking anything. A draft ruling that does that, indeed keeping abortion legal into the second trimester, a draft ruling that does put the Supreme Court justices' lives in danger. And to no concern, consider that. Abortion legal into the second trimester and no concern that justices' lives are put in danger for that. Now, if you do not happen to think that this draft decision is so gentle, maybe you don't know of what you speak. Obviously, the argument is a recordum of impoverished and suffering teenagers along with cases of rape and incest, which are the cases you most read about over the past week, if not all, constitute less than 3% of the cases generously. And even those are without much doubt going to be protected. For those hysterical op-eds that say this is not the case, go actually read the laws in those states that they mention. Actually read the laws. But the reason you do not hear about the 90-plus percent of the cases is because they are hard to garner support once rhetoric collides with human biology and life sciences and reason and morality. In other words, if you can't argue the central or majority of the case and you can only argue the aberrational and the extraordinary, maybe the case isn't a good one when it comes to human biology, life sciences, reason, and morality. That debate can be for another day. It is the destruction of the unwillingness to live with democracy that concerns me right now. If the left does not get their way, violence. This from the movement that is continually talking about the extremism of the Republican Party, the tyrannical and fascist ideas and means of the Republican Party. In an early speech to Congress, President Abraham Lincoln said, quote, our popular government has often been called an experiment. Two points in it our people have already settled, the successful establishing and the su successful administering of it. One still remains. It's successful maintenance against a formidable internal attempt to overthrow it. It is now for them to demonstrate to the world, he continued, that those who can fairly carry an election can also suppress a rebellion, that bullets are the rightful and peaceful successor – excuse me, that ballots are the rightful and peaceful successors of bullets, and then when ballots have fairly and constitutionally decided, there can be no successful appeal back to bullets – that there can be no successful appeal except to ballots themselves at succeeding elections. Such will be a great lesson of peace, teaching men that what they cannot take by an election, neither can they take by a war, teaching all the folly of being the beginners of war, close quote. Who is teaching the folly of beginning a war right now? Whose rhetoric? Turning a blind eye to and excusing violence all while threatening the lives of constitutional officers by name and blackmailing them to vote your way? Who is teaching that democracy means less voting? Who is teaching that democracy means never having to debate an issue? Who is teaching that life is of secondary or tertiary importance to some other ethos? Who is teaching that when you don't like a democratic and constitutional outcome, resorting to violence and breaking the law is to be countenanced while putting other lives at risk? 
Harry Jaffa taught it this way. The relationship between equality and consent lies at the heart of our governance. The Declaration of Independence states that all men are created equal and that governments derive their just powers from the consent of the governed. There is a necessary connection between the two principles here, equality and consent. Consent and majority rule, which derives from it, does not constitute an ultimate or self-evident principle upon its own justification. Rather, consent derives legitimacy and justification from, is dependent upon, the principle of equality, that we are all equal and get an equal say in how our government is going to rule. Jaffa argues that because all men are equal in the sense that human beings occupy that intermediate place between God and the animal kingdom, it is morally wrong for one person to rule another without that other's consent. The political institutions designed to express consent rest on no merely expedient or convenient basis, but on the logically prior and morally superior principle of equality. In some, governments are legitimate only insofar as their just powers are derived from the consent of the governed. It is this principle, this idea that every autocrat, tyrant, and true fascist hates, and thus the misdirection. It turns out those Democrats we speak of have so adopted the reasoning and methodology of that which they claim is their opponent's positioning and behavior that they either need a remedial dictionary or a new country. They speak of equality and democratic norms all the while doing their best to burn them down. Leo Strauss once put it this way about the rise of fascism in Europe, quote, it was the contempt for permanent questions of good and right, which permitted the most radical elements in 1933 to submit to and welcome as a dispensation of fate, the verdict of the least wise and least moderate part of his nation, while it was in its least wise and least moderate mood, and at the same time, speaking of wisdom and moderation, close quote. For looking at our founding and our constitution, the norms, mores, laws, even the dates must be dispensed with for the outcomes and the means of achieving them. The left in today's Democratic Party wants just that. Any mean will justify their hardened ends. We shall not give in to this. We've spent too many bloody wars fighting the people and governments who adopted those doctrines before. Some of those wars consumed the world, and one big one here was ironically called civil. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. Be right back. Welcome back. For those of you looking for a remarkable and unique investment opportunity with a great return for investors, I want you to check out my friends at YReFi. They are my friends. Spent a lot of time with them. And it is, as I say, really great what they're doing. I'm talking about a fixed, no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a collateralized, secure portfolio. YReFi helps people who are doing their best to dig out a debt the right way. By doing the right thing and paying off their debts, doing so with dignity, getting all kinds of benefits, including fixing their FICO scores along the way. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by really good people who are doing very well by helping others. And you can be too. I only endorse a product like this after thorough and complete review and by getting to know the quality and ability of the people involved. I can't say enough about them. 
What I can tell you is I recommend them. Check out their website at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087. Local company, you can go visit them. They're happy to have you over and uh, show you what they do, talk to you about what they do. No sales pitch, promise you that. They're just happy to talk about what they're doing because they love it. I do too. Again, check them out at investyrefi.com. Or call 855-316-3087. I don't want to get into uh, too many terribly uh, deep weeds here, but I don't know how many of you may have followed over the weekend a certain Twitter thread that was going on between a political consultant named Steve Schmidt and Meghan McCain. If any of you followed it, Steve Schmidt was one of the founders of the Lincoln Project. This was the anti-Trump Republican group. And he was uh, oh on CNN and MSNBC almost every other day during the Trump presidency telling CNN audience and MSNBC audience why, um, why uh, Trump and the MAGA movement was not a Republican movement. Steve Schmidt was the campaign manager for John McCain's 08 presidential run. And he went on a Twitter th- uh, rant, the likes of which I've never seen over the weekend. Honestly, the likes of which I've never seen taking down Meghan McCain as best he could personally, professionally, telling um, – what, what would you call them? Confidential stories about her. I mean just going off on her. I don't think there was a 20-minute moment throughout the weekend when Steve Schmidt wasn't tweeting against Meghan McCain in this massive thread. Just honest to goodness. <clears throat> it was like watching a mental breakdown. In public, Megan was fairly restrained in what she wrote back. Uh, and then today, Steve Schmidt concluded all of this mental breakdown in public by writing this Dear Megan, these are the last words I will ever say to you. Our relationship wasn't working for me, it was toxic, you know, with all the abuse, smearing, and lying. I tried to get you to listen, but you are a screamer and not a listener. We have to break up and say bye now. It's not that they were ever in touch or good friends, ever. They knew each other a little bit in the 08 campaign when Meghan McCain was a younger girl. Arielle Davidson had it right. She said, narcissists use Twitter to discuss personal matters. Just pick up the phone instead of these performative personal threads, for goodness sakes. Our culture is becoming so strange. She's absolutely right about that. The personal has become the political for far too many. They used the phrase derangement syndrome about people like Steve Schmidt. I don't know about syndrome, but the deranged is right. Oh, as we go to break, let me put in a neat word for something we're doing. This Memorial Day, 960 The Patriot is commemorating those who paid the ultimate sacrifice as we honor the price of freedom. We're looking for stories from you about those who paid that ultimate price. And on the week of May 23rd, each day, I'll be reading those incredible stories of heroism from you, our listeners. And while we're honoring all stories, of course, we'll select at random one story that will be honored with a flag that has flown over the United States Capitol in Washington, D.C. to honor all our veterans. This Memorial Day, share a special part of history with us. Share your special story, then listen in on the week of May 23rd. Go to 960thepatriot.com, 960thepatriot.com for information on how to be involved. Love to see those stories. God bless you. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. No one I like talking to better than my good friend and candidate for Attorney General Abe Hamaday. You can uh, check out his website at Abe for AG, Abe for AG.com. That's A B E F O R A G. Com. Uh, it's got a great event coming up May 16th with what is pretty close to the entire national security apparatus of the Trump administration with uh, Cash Patel and Rick Grinnell. Abe, t- uh, first of all, welcome back. I hope you had a great weekend. Tell the audience about this event on May 16th. Thanks, Seth. All are going to be with you, too. Um, it's actually my birthday weekend then, too. I'm uh-huh. uh, birthday, May 15th. So <laughs> it'll be a fun way to celebrate my birthday. But, yeah, Rick Grinnell, Trump's former director of national intelligence. Ambassador to Germany, as well as Cash Patel, and people remember Cash from the exposing the whole Russia gate, you know, hoax that was uh, that came about. Uh, but it's but, be, but for him, it wouldn't have been exposed, I think. No, I mean, you know, he was a lone warrior and all that. He had everybody going after him. That's why he's so tough, and that's what I love about him. Yep. You know, when he endorsed me, he said, "You know, Abe, you're so brave." And you know, that was one of the the comments he mentioned. So he's flying out here. Rick Grinnell's flying out here, but it'll be. Um, up here in Scottsdale, they can go to abe4ag.com slash MAGA, M-A-G-A, and um, your listeners can get some tickets and join me. Good. I'll be there. So uh, it'll be good to see you guys. It'll be good to see Rick again. I've never met Cash. That'll be great. And then the audience can do the same thing, abe4ag.com. And uh, it's right there. But if you want to go directly, abe4ag.com slash MAGA. Uh, it'll be your birthday. I love a line you used recently. I think I've got it right. You'll correct me, Abe. You were on a stage debating some of your opponents, and I think it got a little harsh. And you said, I may be the youngest candidate here, but I'm happy to be the only adult in the room. I love that. Is that what you said? I think you said something like that. Uh, I did. I said, I, well, I was very contentious. I mean, I think I think people see, see me clearly rising, right? I yeah. got a lot of support. I've been traveling the state, and you know, I, you know, so people are attacking me, and the only thing they can go after me is probably, you know, my age. So, um, you know, they, they at the time they were attacking another candidate, and there's so much tension and there's so much misery in this world. I try to, you know, lighten the mood. Yes, stuff, you right? do. So, you give lift. <laughs> I, I love that about you. You are a tough guy who is a happy warrior. I mean, it's just fantastic. You give lift and hope. Right. I love it. I love everything yeah. about your but, your candidacy. But if I, although I'm the youngest. Uh, you know, Canada on the stage, I often feel as if I'm the most mature. There you, you know, go. The, uh, <laughs> there you they, go. They, they roared with applause. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I want to talk to you a little bit about something going on in this country. And I I don't – you know, I've been – I did my monologue on it a little earlier. I just – okay, so the Supreme Court is laboring away on a case. Uh, the left has rested on the laurels of the case for 49 years, never really having to submit it to a democratic vote. But it's a case that subsumed democracy. It took from the states. Uh, we're talking, of course, about the Roe versus Wade decision and its follow follow on uh, Planned Parenthood. So um, it, 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 it's being litigated. It's under uh, under the Supreme Court review. The, 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 the draft uh, draft opinion gets leaked. And as we have been lectured for years about not following democratic processes, they breach that democratic process and then they go on a tear of uh, violence and intimidation. They are protesting to the point where at least one of the Supreme Court justices has now had to go into hiding. You, you tell me what side is for violence here and what side isn't. I mean they're just doubling down left and right. Right. I mean this isn't even protesting. This is intimidation yep. and it's harassment. Yep. As Attorney General, what I would do in this situation, if any of these, you know, 
folks in these uh, far leftist groups try to go to churches and try to interrupt services, this is where it requires arrest for trespassing, arrest for harassment. And this is not normal First Amendment grounds. This is this is what the radical left has been doing, Seth. When they don't get their way, they throw a tantrum. And their tantrums sometimes turn into deadly tantrums yep. that we saw with the, you know, the riots happening in 2020. So, you know, I, I'm very worried and concerned because it's being instigated by big organizations with a lot of money. And, you know, that's up there. So they're able to publish the Supreme Court justices' um, addresses. But what you're oh, I forgot to even mention that. Yeah, the doxing of the – yeah, I, meant, I forgot to mention that as right. well. So right. they, they've been doxing. It's, it's all it's, – it's a way – this is total, you know, tyrannical tactic that we're seeing. And, you know, they're trying to interfere with uh, a, with a form of government. And, you know, there's always an argument with Roe v. Wade. I mean, I was just listening, actually, to a really good segment by Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me take this quick break, this short segment. We have a longer one coming up. I've been talking about the RBG angle on, on all this, too. Abe Hamaday is our guest. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Abe Hamaday is our guest. He is my candidate. I've endorsed him uh, for Attorney General. Abe for AG.com is his website. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, Abraham Hamaday, H-A-M-A-D-E-H. But Abe for AG.com is probably the quickest. He has a great event coming up a little later this month with Rick Grinnell and Cash Patel that you can go to if you uh, take a look at that online as well. Abe, we're talking about the uh, draft opinion in Dobbs. You were mentioning uh, that you were listening um, uh, to uh, some of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's uh, thoughts on it, uh, obviously, uh, pre, pre, uh, pre, pre, pre-mortality. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what you were about to say. Sorry. No, I mean, this is where even someone like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, she was questioning the ruling of Roe v. Yeah, Wade. Yeah. And so for the left to, you know, think that this is the end of our, you know, the rights of women, I mean, you know, what's also pretty funny, I find, is two months ago, they didn't even know what a woman was. Right. And now, and now suddenly that, you know, we're infringing upon women. That's not what the purpose of this decision, and I hope, I mean, I hope the draft um, opinion is the correct uh, decision because, what we stand for, pro-life activists, what we stand for is, are the rights of the vulnerable, to protect the vulnerable, which is the unborn child. And I think, you know, looking back from 50 years ago, the technology has changed, you know, quite dramatically. And look at who we align ourselves with. I mean, right now, Europe, most of Europe bans abortion after the first trimester, right. after about 12 weeks, actually. Right. right. So, you know, it's pretty interesting to see. And it, right here in Arizona, I don't think people realize, I mean, uh, we had about 13,000, unfortunately, abortions last year. Out of that number, 12,400 of them were done before 15 weeks. Right. So, you know, that law that was just passed about two months ago that Doug Ducey signed, that banned abortion after 15 weeks, you know, that, that would only have affected 600. That's but, right. But, you know, we're looking at this decision of the Supreme Court. I think this is obviously, you know, what I've been saying is Donald Trump, he still wins even when he's not in office. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure people understand the historic nature of his win. Imagine if Hillary Clinton had won step. How much our country would be different? I mean, it's already changed so much, but I think Donald Trump was, you know, he was the biggest obstacle in the way of the swamp. And, you know, I think this decision, so for so long, Seth, could you have ever imagined? I, I remember talking to people about this. You know, people gave up on Roe v. Wade, and now suddenly, you know, it looks like, we're going to get a very favorable decision coming soon. And it's going to be left up to the states where it was always, 
you know, it, it always belonged. So, you know, that's an interesting way. point in and of itself, because you're right. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, yes, we, you and I have been involved in pro-life movements. There are plenty of great organizations working on it. But you're right. They were working on other things, too. And and no one really saw this um, saw this as 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 possibly even being done in our lifetimes. Uh, many of us just didn't. We just, you know, we just kind of watched the watched these hearings, didn't think the justices would go there uh, because of the outside pressure that was so heavy. But, you know, point to your candidacy too, Abe. It, it came about because a few people in a state said, you know what, we're going to we're going to we're going <laughs> to we're going to tie our shoes, pull up our socks and we are going to fight here and we're going to try something. Try something novel that hasn't been tried, something new that hasn't been tried in a while. Try some new arguments and we're going to do it. And we're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to look at a country that says it's split on this issue and we're going to go and protect life and do the right thing here. But for a handful of people taking you know stirring up mustering up their courage Abe, uh, this wouldn't have happened. And that's kind of the okay. message and analog to your campaign and a lot of other people running as different kinds of Republicans. Um, is it is it unfair to say uh, peacetime versus wartime uh, conservatism? That's yeah, that's yeah. what I think the difference is. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I've been telling people. This is an ideological war. And, you know, I'm a captain in the army. I think it's time that we have a soldier as an attorney general. And I think what you're seeing right now is all these candidates, you know, we're all saying generally the same thing. You know, people have to go with their guts in this, in this election. You know, we've been lied to so many times. And I think that's what makes me so unique is, you know, I'll trade decades of experience for one ounce of courage. Yep. And for me, it's look at who just set the whole country free with the mass mandate on airplanes. It was a 35-year-old Trump-appointed federal judge yep. in Florida. Yep. I mean, think about that, yep. right? And so for these, this argument that I've been hearing, you know, seniority somehow means that you're wise. That's not true. I mean, look at... Look at Dr. Fauci. He arguably has the most experience in public health. And look how much of a failure he's been. Or Joe Biden has 50 years, half a century of government experience, and it's been a complete disaster. So, you know, I think this is where you're right. We have to have the courage to try something new, not accept the status quo, not accept the fact that this is how it's always been, you know, and just go for it right now. This is our opportunity. I think everyone realizes right now that November, this election matters so much more than any others. Right. I yeah, I was having that conversation with someone the other day saying, you know, as a candidate that they were a repeat candidate or something. And they, they, I said, you know, every two to four years you have to say this is the most important election. But you do get to a point where the country is at a fulcrum, is out of balance. Uh, we haven't had that before now. We just haven't. It is on the balance right now. You look at what they're trying to do with our kids in schools yeah. on the race question. On the sex uh, orienta- on sex question orientation, never mind physicality of your sex and biology of it, the redefinition of when we were founded as a country. I mean, they are throwing everything at it. We should be too, right, Abe? Absolutely. I mean, this, we got to fight like hell and never quit because what happens this November will determine our country's future for the next century. I'm absolutely convinced about that. Me too. I mean, just and look at you know look at what's going on in colleges. I don't yep. know if you've been to university anytime recently set but i mean people using gender pronouns yep. all this people weird i mean they, it's just so bizarre what's happening and they totally systematically destroyed our culture seemingly overnight yep and you know this is why i tell people it's, we can't just blame the radical left no nope. we have to blame the weak republicans to allow them to take control well 
said Abe Hamaday. Thanks for the quick stop by. I really appreciate it. Let me put in one more word for your website, Abe for a G.com, A-B-E-F-O-R-A-G.com, Abraham Hamaday. And uh, take a look at his event coming up with Cash Patel and Rick Grinnell. And I'm sure you and I will talk a lot before that, Abe. But uh, Godspeed and thanks for stopping by. Thank you, Seth. I appreciate it. Always. You bet. As we go to break, let me put in a word for our friends at Balance of Nature. They are our friends. They are doing great work. They help sponsor the communication we're engaged in right now, but they also make a great product. I take it every day. I did some uh, personal bests this weekend on uh, the running front. I attribute uh, the fruits and veggies of Balance of Nature, 100% natural, pure, potent plant power, and all the good stuff. The equivalent of 10 servings of fruits and veggies a day, and you just take it once a day. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount balance. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, and thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. Um, kind of a hard day in a sense for me, as I had mentioned earlier in the show. Someone I knew uh, pretty well. It's been some years, but we knew, I knew her pretty well. She helped shape the conservative movement past at the, um, at the good long age at 94, Midge Dechter, and uh, just a one of the brightest of shining stars in the conservative constellation that helped made our uh, modern conservative movement. If you have occasion to go back and read some of her essays or books, I highly encourage it. But tying that to what I was speaking about earlier as well, Abraham Lincoln's Lyceum Address, which is uh, the address he gave at a very young age about uh, the importance of not taking the law into your own hands, the importance of uh, – obeying the law and when you can't engaging in the civil disobedience that is peaceful uh, to do so. And one of the things he finishes his speech with is talking about the reverence we have for the people who came before us, the reverence we should have for the people who kept the American ethos alive. And as they were dying out in his generation, he said they were a forest of giant oaks. Midge Dechter was a giant oak. And he said, but all the restless hurricanes have swept over them and left only here and there a lonely trunk, despoiled of its verdure, shorn of its foliage, unshaded and unshading, to murmur in a few gentle breezes and to combat it, mutilated limbs, a few more ruder storms, then to sink and be no more. And as that depresses, he said, but what they gave us never has to go away. They gave us the passion. It is our job now to take what they gave us in their passion and take their reason and propel it. Though we are not they, we have their teachings. Though we are not they, we have their teachings. Let's take those teachings and apply them. As Abe said, times couldn't be more important. Abe Lincoln and Abe Hamaday. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. I'm Seth Leapson and class is dismissed. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.